Okay. Parshas Vayira. You should know we don't... A lot of times we don't have Shira in Parshas Vayira, apparently. Because <laughs> you looked up your notes and there were... I always look at my notes. That's the first thing. usually on vacation. It's like, I think like the other times have been to break already. Or whatever. Yeah, so when yeshiva woods. So yeah, around, yeah, exactly. I think yeshiva, yeshiva usually, woods, it's usually, yeah, around that time. So a lot of times we don't have, uh, so I just know because I only have like three or four in my files of like, you know, what we said before. Um, but, uh, but that's good because it left me a lot of options. So, uh, yeah. We didn't even start yet. There's so much about that story that we don't know. And I don't know you know, the people at the Prince of Egypt and the people in the Ten Commandments kind of made up, like, how that goes. But it's not so crazy. Like, the way they play out this story that, like, Moshe was, you know, st- you know, uh, whatever you call it, like, you know, like, not like, yeah, like a foster son with, who becomes the, evig- the eventual paro. Like, it's very possible. I mean, in the yeah. He's gone for sixty years. Yeah, but he's like, he's like, he's like sixty years in. You know, like, but yeah, he probably they're probably siblings. They're probably other siblings. And, right, right, right. We don't we don't really know, but we don't we do know that Pyro dies and he comes back after Pyro dies. So like, there's a lot of that that makes they do a pretty good job in those movies of making that work. I don't think. I don't think we have a lot in the Chazal. I don't know if there's a lot of midrashim. Is there somebody in the office? Yeah, someone's okay. there. So, you know, I don't know if we have a lot in the midrashim about like what we have. We do have midrashim say that like, Moshe went to other places and became a king in a different place, and he came back. Whatever. There's all kinds of like interesting midrashim what Moshe was doing, but we don't have once he leaves Egypt. But we don't have a lot in terms of what happens when he's a child growing up in the palace and what he knows about his life. You know, we do know that he. You know, this is not our topic today, but like he goes out. He goes out to his brothers. Why does the Torah call him his brothers? The implication is that Moshe knew that they were his brothers. Right? He does spend a couple... He spends a couple years by his mother first before he goes back to Basparo. And he's nursing. But like... But yeah, like how much did he like... You know, like how, how much did he really know? You know, whatever. So we don't, we don't, we don't really know. Uh, I don't think we really know. And it's in, I think it's interesting that we don't know, actually. Like, why don't we know? There should be... You know, you think we'd have more information there, but we don't. Um, but that's a good question. But I wanted to talk today about a very specific detail, um, which I think, but I think it expands to actually a theme that we find sort of throughout these stories. So take a look at source number one. We have uh, in Parsha, towards the beginning of the Parsha. The Torah tells us as follows. Vayomer Hashem Moshe re'ina satiha elokim leparo, ve'aron achich elohim leparo, ve'aron achicha yeneviecha. So Hashem says to Moshe, look, I made you elohim. It's, I'm going to uh, you're going to rule over Paro, and Aaron, your brother, is going to be your navi, right? He's going to be your messenger. Aaron's going to do a lot of the talking, etc. They're already now, you know, we're already kind of far into the conversations here. Um, so Moshe's already accept, you know, accepted the role. They've already started, and Paro said there's not going to be any straw, and now the people are angry, and Moshe goes back to Hashem, and he's angry, and Hashem says, chill out for a second, give me a little time. A lot of times things get worse before they get better, right? So, like, let's relax. But he, let's go. You and I are going to go. Uh, Todd to the bear. This is before any commandments happen, yeah, right? Before any, uh, any plagues happen. You're going to speak as close to everything I teach you. I command you. You're going to tell it to Aaron. Aaron will tell it to Paro. So that he will be forced to send you out of Egypt. I'm going to make his Paro's heart uh, harden his heart. And so I can have lots of... Uh, Signs and symbols, as most cyberis mitzrayim, velo yishmalechim paro, paro's not going to listen, venasasi yadiv mitzrayim, etc., etc. 
So go to the Pasuk Asu. Moshe and Aaron did exactly as Hashem commanded them. And then the Torah says, Umoshe ben shmonim shana, v'aron ben shalosh u'shmonim shana, bidabram el Moshe was 80, Aaron was 83, when they spoke to Parah. Any questions? Who cares? What's Who cares? the point? Like, Who cares? We, we hope at that age they're going to listen to Hashem and follow what he says. You know, <laughs> they know better. Moshe is 80, Aaron is 83. Great. So? So what? That's my question. So what? Who cares? Why is that something relevant for the Torah to tell us? How old they were. Also, doesn't usually start off when they say something, they start off telling you how old somebody is and uh-huh. then tells you about them. Like it says, oh, Sarah is, it tells you, like it always tells you how old they are and then it tells the story. This is like at the very end, it tells them how it's old It's like, we've met, first of all, we met at Motion Iron like a long time ago already. It's been a lot of conversation, right? And now this is just before they go to start the plagues. But like, okay, you're right, by the way. We do get people in ages. We are told how old, how old Avram was when they left, when he went on Lech Lecha. We, we are told, you know, how old Sarah is. We usually get how old someone is when they die, die right? Usually die. But sometimes we're like, Yitzchak is 60 years old when he has children. Like, we do have times when we're told how old people are at certain junctures. Fine. But each time the question still remains, why? What are you telling me for? Who, who cares? We know that, what we, we, by the way, we'll be able to figure it out, right? How, would I, how do I be able to figure it out? At the end of the day, how many years do the Jewish people spend in the Midbar? 40. How old is Moshe when he dies? 120. 20. So what does that mean? How old was Moshe when he came to speak to Paro? 80. About 80. I know that already. I, I, I have other ways of figuring out how old Moshe was. And by the way, you have Rashi all the time who tells, oh, it must, this must be this age and that age because of this thing and that thing. There they are they're markers in different parts of the Torah to tell me how old people are. So why go out of your way to tell me that Moshe is 80 and Aaron is 83? Why is that important? Okay. Um, and thankfully, we're not the only ones who ask the question. The truth is, a lot of the Rishonim don't talk about it. Rashi doesn't talk about it. Rashbam doesn't talk about it. Many just don't. They just gloss over it, and they don't, they don't take the time to have a conversation about it. But there are those who do. Ibn Ezra, in source number two, notes this question. And he writes, to Moshe, he's kir shenoseihem. Right? It, it mentions their years. We only find... Nevi'im who, who gave Nevuah Bezik Nutam in their old, old age. In their old age. Only these, two. these are the only people who we find out that they are Nevi'im when they're relatively older. Older people. Okay. Why? Why did they have Nevuah at this longer age? Because they're Level, oh, yes. their greatness was greater than other Nevi'im. That we know certainly about Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu certainly had a greater level of Nevuah than any other Navi ever. Right? But even Aaron is included in that to a certain extent. Right? It was only to the two of them that Hashem would ever speak in a pillar of cloud. This gets back to the question that we never answered. Right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you sent me, but Jenny sent me a lot of stuff on it, actually. But we didn't ever answer the we question. The word is like so we, 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 went from, <laughs> we went from Abraham to Moshe, and we didn't ever answer the question. So we have to answer the question still. Um, but right, Hashem stands in a pillar of cloud and, and speaks to, Avram, uh, to Aaron and Moshe. He never did that to anybody else. Okay, sounds like never even to Abraham. 
right? Um, again, this says this is a specific way though about Mudhana. Fine, but so does this like tell us anything? So uh, I, no, I'm not sure what this means. I brought it to you because I wanted to show it because I wanted to show you that the manager asked the question. I'm not sure I fully understand what he, what his answer is, mm-hmm. right? It mentions their name to mention that they have Nevuah at, at a later age than most other Nevi'im. Most other Nevi'im have Nevuah, I guess, when they're much younger. Um, and that was something about, and why is it, reflects somehow a, greater, a greatness about the two of them, right? And what was great about them? That they spoke to Hashem sort of face-to-face, right? As opposed to other Nevi'im who never got to do that. And as we said, we usually talk about Moshe as doing that, not mm-hmm. Moshe and Aaron, but really he includes Aaron here also, right? And don't think that Shmuel also had that. Why? Right? That's actually in that we, we read that Pasuk and tell him. We read it in, in, uh, in uh, Kabbalah Shabbos, right? Shlomo Karba was singing about right? So, so that, 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 that begins as Moshe Aron Bechonav Shmuel Shemo, right? So that, that Shmuel is included. So that's it. He just says, by the way, that doesn't, it means that, doesn't, it means something else. It doesn't mean that Shmuel is included, but he's not really included. Fine. Uh, I guess he explained it over there in Tehillim. It was only to Aaron and Moshe uh, that they had this. Um, you know, this special, this, this special relationship. And it's through them that Sadiqim are going to go to Lama Ba. I don't know what that means. Everyone else gives like, you know, every other Navi is just giving us like Musr. Right? Moshe and Aaron give the Torah. That's the difference, right? Moshe and Aaron are giving the Torah to Am Yisrael. Every other Navi is not giving us, teaching us the Torah. They're just teaching us, do the right thing. Right? Get back on the, on, on the right track. This thing's going to happen, etc. But, only Moshe and Aaron had that special, special, unique relationship with Hashem and the way they give Nebuah. And therefore, says Ibn Ezra, the fact that they're older when they give Nebuah is somehow important. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's just I don't get it. I, I don't totally get it. This also doesn't answer Jenny's question of like, why is it at the end? Because if... Even right, this doesn't right, right. This just addresses Ezra's like. Yeah. Makes sense if it said how old they were when Hashem spoke to them, but it's saying this is how old they were when they spoke to Paro. Ah, so what I will say, and this is sort of as we're mm-hmm. like kind of working this out together. What I will say is that it is true that Moshe's first and Aaron's sounds like first nevuah comes at this stage. Meaning, it wasn't until Moshe was around eighty years old that the story with the sne happens. Right, so it's Moshe only first gets Nevuah at 80. Is Nevuah defined as Hashem talking Hashem to him? Hashem talking to him. Hashem okay. communicating with him. Right, exactly. Okay. So like, on Aaron, then Hashem then comes to Aaron and says, go out to greet Moshe. Presumably, the first, it's the first time we ever see Hashem speaking to Aaron. So what the point might be is that like most people, they're only, like they're kind of born, not like born Nevi'im, but they're, it's kind of, it starts very young for them. Unusual for someone to kind of pick up this new skill so much later on in life, which is going to actually be part of the theme we're going to talk about as we move along here. But, and that might be what Ibn Ezra is getting at. Like, there's something special about them that they were able to attain it so much later on in life, maybe. Maybe that's probably, we'll see if that, that's going to fit a little bit some of the other things we're going to see. But maybe that's what he means. Do we right? know the ages when others got new I mean, is, is it like... Just wondering who these comparisons Like, like uh, Shmuel Hanavi, for example, becomes a Navi very well, young. Yeah, right? He becomes a Navi very young. Um, I was thinking of, like, Avraham. You know, like right, Avraham is pretty old also. Right. Yeah. He's 75. He's right. 70, yeah. 75, something like so that, right? Not so different from 80. Not so much different from 80. But people were living a little bit longer. 
Navram's Jerry. Then, then by now they're living young, short already. We're gonna see that in a second, also. Um, Yitzchak and Yaakov. Yaakov was very young. Noach was old. Yaakov was only seventeen or something. What? Noach was old. Noach. Yeah, but Noach did. He lived like you know seven hundred years. You know, but but you're right. That's true. It's a fair point. Um, Adam Adam is very young. Adam was very young. He's just one day old. Right. Wait. We don't know how old he was, yeah. but yes, but yeah, but correct. It just seems like a strange you know, thing to say anyway. Yeah, interesting, right? It's very interesting. Fine. So, but first, at least to note, the Ebenezer notes it. It's weird. Something unique. Notes that they're the only ones to really do that, to really get Nebuah so old. And somehow that relates to their something special about them. Okay? Okay. We're not going to end this year with the Ebenezer. That would not be satisf- <laughs> satisfactory enough. But okay. What about Ovadia, who was a convert? Where did he? Uh, oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I wish I, I'm embarrassed by what I don't know. But Zinvian, I won't. I'll say nothing else. But uh, it's a, it's a good question. Um, let's look at the Al Sheikh. The Al Sheikh, source number three. We don't really quote the Al Sheikh very often, so I gave you a little bit. Of, the Al Sheikh was lived in the 1500s. Eventually, finds his way to Tzfat. He's like actually called by many the Al Sheikh Hakadosh because he was like one of these like Kabbalists living at the same time of Yosef Cairo and some of these the Kabbalists living in Tzfat in the in the 16th century. So, but he wrote a very you know a, a, a pretty significant parish on the Torah, and he's going to give uh, he's going to explain a little bit here also. Right, so he's going to connect that pasuk. They did what Hashem said, and then the pasuk says, "Moshe ben Shonim Shnav Aron ben Shoshim Shnav ben Abraham Matara." What, what's the connection between these two things? They did what Hashem said, and then it tells us their age. Hine hayalu lomar vayasu, and kain asu vayasu, right? And then they we're going to go ahead and do vaod ki ein zeshavach shasu mitzvato yishbarach. What's the what, a big? And they did what Hashem said. Shkoyach like that. Right? Hashem tells you to do something, you do it, right? Vaod amruv kain asu who mutar. It's actually mean kain asu. Of course they did, right? Finished. And they did it? Of course they did it. Also, why tell me how old they are? What's this all about? So he gives two answers to the question. Answer number one, he says as follows. Right? Who is who's the greater one? Presumably. Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, we can say a lot of times it says Moshe and Aaron, Aaron and Moshe. We don't have to a Rashi that says that. Really, they were the same. Okay, but Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu. Aaron is not Moshe Rabbeinu. We know that. Okay, so Moshe is the one is Nizatich Elohim Pharo. Moshe is the one who's going to be the ruler over Pharo. Aaron. What's Aaron? Aaron's like the helper. In a certain sense, like if we're being honest about it, Hashem asks Moshe. Moshe says, "No way, I can't do this." He says, "Fine, I'll send Aaron with you." Right? Okay, fine. But like, it's only if Aaron's, Aaron's going to help me, right? It's Aaron's helping. Moshe is the main, the main man here, right? So, I don't know if the word sarsur means, it's translated, but it sounds like it means he's just a, he comes along with him. He's, you know, icing on the cake. He's helpful. If Moshe would have accepted it and had no problem speaking, would we need an Aaron? Presumably not. Right, that's what it sounds like, right? Later Laz- on, we see Aaron is such a personality. Oh. He, was a, he becomes important. He was a marriage, right? Marriage counselor, marriage yeah, first marriage counselor. So he he becomes very important. But the point is, at the beginning, certainly at this stage, it seems like Aaron's just a helper, right? Ki vayas Moshe Amar ki vayas Moshe Aaron ki ayu shneim ki isha chabalei vechad says Asher. Very nice. 
even though Moshe was really number one and Aaron was really number two, they worked together. Right? If both of them did both. Very nice. Ah, okay, you, didn't need, you don't need a Kain Asu. But because they did it together, Kain Asu. Even though Hashem really just committed Moshe this. And Moshe would tell Aaron. Aaron Okay, so it's as if they both did everything. That's so nice. What does that have to do with their names? With their ages? Veshem Tamar. You might say, so, okay. This is the plan. The plan is, Moshe is the leader, Aaron's the second in command. That's how it's supposed to go. That's pretty good. Second in command is pretty good. Not bad, right? So why, why, like, why is Hashem so proud of Aaron? What do you mean? Moshe was a higher level of Nebuah. Sorry. Too bad. So sad. That's how it is. What's, so the Torah comes teaching not really their age, but who's older, right? Who's older? By a day came Yesh Lachzik Tova Shalohik Bid, and therefore Hashem says, "You should know why it's a big deal, because he's his younger brother, he's his older brother." Amazing, right? They're eighty-three and eighty, and still I'm older, right? It doesn't that doesn't go away ever? Right? And you've all been at your own family things. doesn't matter how old you are. Everyone slides into their own. Happens to me, my family. I have to like control myself. I'm like, you know, my younger sister and older brothers. And like, we have to like, you're like, right, I'm an adult, right? You like take a deep breath, right? But we all slide into those zones, right? Older, younger, the different things that bugged us for, you know, however many years you've been in life. You know, it, same stuff. So, say, and fascinating, right? Even Moshe and Aaron. And so the fact that Aaron swallowed hard and said, it's okay. My brother's number one. I'll be his number two. Hashem says, as they're about to go, they did it together. And just remember, Moshe was third. It was 80 and Aaron was 83. That's answer number one. Okay? That's really why. That's, like, that's, that's his first answer. I, I, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't get that. What, so what that Aaron is older? So he's going to feel, he's going to feel, he's going to, he's going to feel upset. Is that my younger brother? My younger so brother is the Mr. Kasha? Together, so, so, the, so the, no, no, thank you. So the, the point, if you didn't get it, maybe I didn't get it. So thank you. He says like this. First of all, why are you telling me Kenasu? But yeah, they did it. And Kenasu, Kenasu meaning they did it together even though they're different levels. And you're saying to me, so what? Hashem chose the two of you. That's amazing. You're number one, number two. Who cares? The answer is, I might have thought that Aaron would be, would say, you know, it's not, it's not fair. My brother, I, by the way, the other part, I've been the one in, with, 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 all, with all the Jews in Egypt all these years. My brother's been hanging out in Midian, taking care of sheep, right? And, and, and I'm the older one. So this is meant to show that our own overcame himself. Okay, got it. Overcame okay. himself, okay. right, exactly. It just wants to like show you how, how what a mensch Aaron was, that he overcame himself and was okay with it. Seems like such right. an excessively petty detail to focus on. But so, can, so can I answer, so can we answer that back for a second? Because you're right. It is kind of petty, Right? I don't agree. I feel like it doesn't get enough attention. Like, it is kind of wild that Moshe was the baby in his family and they all kind of, like, backed him up and stood behind him when, and, like, your point about them being in Egypt this whole time, well, like, you weren't here suffering with us. Like, are you kidding me? You get to be... The little guy, the younger brother. By the way, just, just 
to go to go back to Parshas Vayechi just for a second, it fits everything we've seen. It's always the younger brother, <laughs> right? It's always the younger brother, right? Who overtakes the older brothers? But fine. But but yet, and that's been hard for everybody for a long time, right? So to see Aaron like I'm good with this, I, I would say rather I, I agree with you in certain sense. Like it seems like such a the Ashach's like, come on, really? Like that's what we care about? I would just say maybe the opposite is like it's a reminder to us that it doesn't matter who you are, these things can be hard, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't feel like like. I can't believe this bothers me still, right? It bothers everybody. We still have to all overcome it. But it's a ty- these are the types of things that bother even big people, our regular people, and need to overcome these se- seemingly trivial issues and get over it. And if they do that, look what they can do. If they can't get over it, then we're in trouble. Right? Well, it seems like almost every story leading up to here has been sibling rivalry. Right. So maybe they're like really emphasizing the point that there isn't There isn't. That here. Yeah. It's also like a nice difference. Like... The chapter has been turned in Sefer Shemot that it's not about the rivalry anymore. It's about like the coming together leading right. to the redemption. Right, right. Because I just feel like every other sibling rivalry story is very fleshed out and like discussed and examined and torn apart and put back. To- this is like just an afterthought of a pasuk of two words that needs the Alshach to explain to us what the Torah is teaching us. Well, remember how many? Issue. It's not like for a- how many days did Aaron and Moshe share a family? Not very many. At most, it was two years when Moshe was a baby until he goes to the palace of, uh, you know. So they didn't really have that much, ra- it could be, you could answer what, it wasn't as big a deal because they didn't have that much rivalry going on. You know, they didn't really, who knows what their relationship was like, um, how much relation they had at all. But uh, regardless, it's one answer. Okay. It's one answer. And then later on, Aaron and Miriam talk about Moshe. Yes. And have a, a, a real family life. And they speak a lot of about him. Who does he think he is? <laughs> that he's better than us. Most, most of us have explained that they're talking about the level of Nevoah. He leaves his, leaves his family. It makes no sense because we say back there, only Moshe spoke to Hashem, Panim Al-Panim. Right, not Aaron. Right, right. Right, right. So, right, that, that, so right, right. Kind of but, you know, correct. But the, you might see the Amur Anan as opposed to the face-to-face. But yeah, you're, you're, you're still correct. But the point being, even there, Aaron and, you see a crack in it there, Aaron and Miriam, at some point they have a hard time with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you see, it, you see it crack through for the first time. And all these years, when Aaron's kind of just like held it, you know. And by the way, when Moshe comes down the mountain, and Aaron is the one who built the, the Egel Zahav, you don't find that Moshe loses it on Aaron, right? They 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 make it work for Klai Yisrael. It's, it's actually pretty amazing. But the stories that were not told because they never happened, um, right? Of 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 any rivalry and dysfunction between Moshe and Aaron, and Moshe and Aaron and Miriam, except for one that we ever ever see in the Torah, which is actually pretty fascinating. Okay, fine. So that's one answer. One answer. Answer number two that he gives, and we're going to have more after this. Another idea. Meaning, this pasuk means to tell me that they did, they both did everything. Each one did everything that both of them were commanded to do. Not only that. When does this Torah take place? Before the Makkah's ever happened. And the Torah says, Kenasu! They did exactly what Hashem said. They didn't do anything. <laughs> I've done n- nothing. Right? They just got, they both have a commandment. The fact that they were ready to do it, that's enough. We, don't, we say that the Gemara says that's for, for good, 
When you have intention to do the right thing and you get stuck, you're on your way to a shear and your tire blows out, it's Keely who went to the shear. In the negative, it's not that way. When you intend to do something bad and Hashem gets in your way and you don't do it, you're saved, actually. Right? But the point here is that, they, that the Torah came asu. Why? Because they intended to do it. Okay. Vishema Tomar, maybe you'll say, Haloza Yitachin Ba'aron. Maybe that's true by Aaron, but not by Moshe. Why? Maybe you'll say, Moshe didn't want to do it. Moshe waited for seven days he fought with Hashem and refused to do what Hashem wanted him to do. So maybe Aaron gets the Kenasu because Moshe, because he was ready to go right away. Moshe, you don't find Aaron you know, disagreeing with Hashem at any point. He just, went, he just does it. It tells us their ages. Why? Why did Moshe refuse? Oh, because he was the younger brother. Because so he, he didn't, didn't want to take her from his brother. Which is the last protest Moshe has. Many explain as he's saying, send the person you usually send. Send my older brother. I can't do this. It's not right to him. And Hashem says, I'm going to send Aaron. He's going to see you. He's going to be happy. Don't worry. He's going to be fine with it. But the point being, why are you telling me this whole thing that they both did what Hashem said? It's not really true. They didn't both do. Moshe kvetched. And he didn't want to do it. So maybe you'll say, oh, only Aaron was really king. Only Aaron really did it with his whole heart. The answer is, no, Moshe did want to do it with his whole heart. The only reason he waited and refused was because Moshe Shmonim Shana and Aaron Ben Shmonim Shaloshim. Interesting, huh? Interesting. Fine. So another reason, again, either that the reason for their ages is to show that Aaron wasn't Makbid on Moshe and he went along with it, or to show that the only reason Moshe hesitated was out of the covenant for his brother. Two very nice answers. But usually what we say when you have two answers, what does it usually mean? That neither one of them is really good enough. <laughs> if, that's what, if you ever have, like, like Tarsus asks the question and gives three answers, it's like, ah, oh, that means none of them are really sufficient. They're fine. But it's, it's still, we still need more, more help. More help. I'm going to show you another answer. Okay? Another answer. Every Soloveitchik. Every Soloveitchik in source number four, this is quoted in the Misora Sarav Chomish, which means it's also somewhere else. But uh, the, that, that Chomish just gathers all of his ideas. And he says like this. Moshe was 80 and Aaron was 83. Some periods in Jewish history are dynamic. Great miracles happen and, Jew, and the Jew attains great heights. Other periods are passive. The Jews spent hundreds of years in Egypt in anonymity. The Torah did, did not record the details of Israel's sojourn there, right? There's 210 years that go by. We know nothing. We know nothing about. Zero. That's generations upon generations upon generations of Jews. We know zero about that time. Nothing. The dynamic period of history began when Moses was 80 years of age and Aaron was 83. Before that, the Torah tells us of only two episodes from Moses' youth. That, which, that with the Egyptian, that with the two Jews. Right? He, where he kills the Egyptian, he stops the guys from fighting. Those were years of patient waiting. Years in which the Jewish people, then as well as today, must display great conviction. Why does the Torah tell me how old Moshe and Aaron are? Not to tell me the differences between their ages, but to, to emphasize how old they were and how much time had gone by. And there was all this time where nothing really happened, right? And during that whole time, we know nothing until now. So, but the Rav's point, which is like, it's like, again, it's like a drush, is that by emphasizing kind of how long it's taken until finally it's time to go, 
you think that was long? There was a whole other time. And what happens during that time? I'm just kind of wait, wait it out. And I, I, I like this language. Then as well as today, it must just, um, those were years of patient waiting. Then as well as today, where the Jewish people must display great conviction, meaning to hold on. All that time is hard to maintain who you are. Loshinu is Shemam, Loshinu is Mabusham. They didn't change their names, they didn't change their clothes. Right? They maintained their Jewish identity all this time with nothing. No one coming out and saying, it's going to happen soon, don't worry, eventually we're going to take you out. They knew they had this Besora, but they're just kind of waiting around there. And all that time waiting around, they stuck with it. Right? They, stuck, they, got, they, they dropped in certain ways, but they maintained a certain level of identity for themselves. They, they remembered who they were. They didn't just get totally lost and assimilated. So the Rav says, they mentioning their names, their, their ages, emphasizes just how long it took. Fine, okay. But I want to show you one more idea, which is the, the idea I think is like really, I think pretty cool. Um, the Svorno in source number five. The Svorno in source number five writes as follows. Moshe ben Shonim Shana, v'imko ziknatam hishkimu v'hizdarzu l'ratzon konam. They were, you know, Older people, right? And nevertheless, they had tremendous alacrity and excitement to do that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded them. Ki amnam, mishigiyah gam b'yamim Even in that generation, being 80 years old already, kvaravaya me'aseva, v'igiyah l'gvuros. You're already, like, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, considered, you've lived a long time. Like it's like Moshe himself said. What do you mean Moshe himself said? Look at source number six. It's a Perak Tehillim, Perak Tzadi. What Tehillim says in Perak Tzadi, Tefila l'Moshe ish elokim. Adonai ma'on atah yisad l'alim b'dor v'dor, etc., etc. There's a Perak of Tehillim, we always say the Tehillim is written by David Melech. A lot of them are written by David Melech. But many of them are written by other people. And one of them, this one was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's called Tefila l'Moshe. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu himself say in Pasuk Yud? Person lives about 70 years old, and if they're lucky and they're strong, they'll live to be 80 years old. Moshe himself said, how old does a person usually live? About 80 years old. Okay. Baruch Hashem, a lot of people live longer than that today. But what is Moshe himself saying about himself? He's old. He expects he's at the end of his life. And- Basically the end of his life. Right? And what ends up happening to him at 80 years old? He becomes a leader of... His whole life just started. Yeah. What do we know about Moshe Rabbeinu until then? Nothing. He, he, he took care of sheep. Until he, was 80 he took care of sheep. That's it. He didn't do anything. Everything we know about Moshe Rabbeinu happens from 80 to 120. He had done nothing with his life that mattered at all in any way until that age. Right? Pretty wild, huh? <laughs> Take a look, source number seven, of Zalman Torah. He says it even more strongly. Zalman Torah is Rav Saratskin. Rav Zalman Saratskin was, you know, a Rav in many places in Eastern Europe and eventually comes to Yerushalayim. He becomes the head of the Eidah Haredes at the end of his life. And he says the following. Skip down to Pasuk Zayin and Moshe ben Peishana. You see that? Like the th- third full paragraph. Nagu ha'olam, the world has a minog. Lanuach le'ed zigna. When you get older, what do you do? Retire. You retire. Yes. He's not going to be against retiring. You're going to see. He's not going to be against retiring. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not against retiring. Okay. Vafilu pikidim mekablim chofesh me'adunayem 
And even people who, who you know, have jobs, they get, now they get, you know, to, to go off from their work. To relax, to enjoy life. This is how the non-Jews and the, <laughs> the crooked ones live. Don't worry, we're going to explain a little. Okay, okay, ready? Don't worry, here we go. Yeah, go, yeah, go to Florida, relax. Okay, good. We're not saying that's a bad thing, but we're going to explain. We're not, because look, we're, we're going to explain all of it. Okay, here we go. And we're not going to twist his word. We're going to say exactly what he says. That's not how Chachme Yisrael and its leaders, its true leaders act. As they get older, they strengthen themselves. And in learning and in, and in sharpening their, their midos. Right? Strengthening themselves in general and around the cities and communities, making their communities better. And the Torah in the, in the passage in front of us teaches us. Right, what they had in mind. In the years of Moshe already, in Moshe's generation already, people were living much shorter, right? Than they had. They were not living five, six, seven, eight hundred years anymore. Already on their way. You may read this on the way down. down. Okay. Even though they live a very long life. At least they lived two thirds of their life already. They were past, you know, midlife crisis. Look what these, these brothers did. They did for Amisal and for the entire world. When they were very older people already. At the way end of their life. Most people, they just waste the time. Relaxing. What did they end up, how happens because of them? Kabbalah is the Torah. There would be no Kabbalah is the Torah without Moshe Nara. Right? But the world would be empty without it. Nonsense in the world. They would have just taken their, uh, you know, their pension and gone out of there, right? To get that out of our minds. They just sit and do nothing as he gets older. It's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Pretty strong. Okay, I don't think it has to do with like whether a person has a job or not at yeah. 80 or 83. That's not the point, right? What's the point? Your life's not over at 80. You can accomplish something. What am I doing with my life? Right? Yeah. Do I think I've hit a certain... By the way... People do this way before 80, mm-hmm. right? Good, I did already. I already, I, I, I still remember this story. I, uh, I think I was in Smicha, and uh, who, who came to talk to us? It was, um, uh, who was it? Never. I, you can make up anybody. <laughs> I, know, I know who it is. I know who it is, they're my phone. 
No, no, it's a short rabbi. Who was it? I'm going to tell you right now. Oh my gosh, I can only type. Oh, Rabbi Lerner. Rabbi Lerner, Yaakov Lerner was a rabbi in, in Young Israel Greenneck for many, many, many years. So Rabbi Lerner said that, he, I don't know, at some point he was like, you know, he, 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 did, he taught a lot of classes, whatever, in the shul. And he came up to some gentleman, a guy who was, uh, you know, older in life. And he said, may you come to Shir? And he says, Rabbi, I did my learning already. I went to yeshiva. He's like, when did you leave yeshiva? When I was 18. I was like 75, you know. He's like, you come back, you know. But like, but there's a certain sense that sometimes for people, some of people, and not just, not just that, and not just what we do when we retire, right? But a sense of, I'm good already. I, I settled down. That's like the worst phrase ever, right? Settle down. Settle down is such a bad phrase for so many reasons. But like, settle down. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I basically found my groove. I'm comfortable. I know where I am. I'm raising my kids in a certain place. This is what I've always done. This is what I'm used to doing. And I'm just going to like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I can like relax, you know? And, and Moshe Rabbeinu and Arna Cohen could have easily said that. <laughs> I'm good. I lived a long life already. And Moshe says, actually, time to do your life's work, which will start now. When Yaakov said that, he got a good lesson. Yes. Ratza Yaakov Leishev Bashava, the measure says. Mm-hmm. Yaakov wanted to relax. Hashem says, not so much relaxing. Again, it doesn't mean a person hasn't, shouldn't take care of themselves. Of course a person should. And per, at different ages and different stages of life, we do different things to, to take care of ourselves. So some people, that means going to Florida or, rela- or to retiring or whatever, and that's good and healthy for a person. And then the question becomes, what do I do with my time? Right now I have more time. Great, so how do I spend that time? And I'm not giving you But I'm just saying like, there's a, there, maybe I am. But I'm just saying like, that, that, that question of like, I'm growing, that's for the yeshiva kids, that's the seminary girls, that's the, or like, oh, I, like oh, yeah, I, I do what I do already. Like, I don't need to change. I can't do anything different than I've done. And by the way, it fits beautifully. It fits beautifully. I wanted to find it inside. I couldn't find this, the book that I actually just in my office. I couldn't find it. Sometimes like, a couple of books I leave in my office and then I like, don't have them when I'm working at home. But there's a beautiful little idea that appears that's in Rebbe. That when Hashem comes to Moshe and he says, Moshe says to him, well, they're going to ask me, like, I'm coming and naming this, this God. What should I call him? Hashem yeah. says, tell them, yeah. Eyeh asher eyeh. Eyeh asher. Tell them, eyeh asher eyeh. Eyeh what does that mean? So he's at the Rebbe, who's living in the Warsaw Ghetto, right? In like, I don't know, the worst guy any person could experience, besides being in one of the camps. And, and he says, what does it mean? He says that Akash Baruch is coming to is sending Moshe a message, Joshua. And what is that? All of them, Am Yisrael and Moshe Benu, have been living in their life for a long time. Am Yisrael has been in Egypt for 210 years. Time to go, as we know, it wasn't so easy for them to go. One fifth of Am Yisrael, all that left Mitzrayim, because the rest of the people, they couldn't do it. They couldn't, what do you mean? You, couldn't, you can't leave Mitzrayim? And they lived their whole life like that. And it wasn't easy to change. But how did they know in advance those who would not leave? You know what I mean? They didn't know in advance. But, 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 the, but the point that, that he says so is... I, like you could prejudge right. that they died in the Choshech, right? Oh, so how did Hashem know that? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, Hashem knows who's, what, they, what they're going to do. But, but he says, what's Ehyeh Asher? Ehyeh means, I want you to be people. Know that I'm a God who wants you to be who you can be, not who you are. Ehyeh Asher Ehyeh. It really literally means that I'm the God who will be. But I'm the God who wants to see who you will be. I'm the God who That's wants you to see something else for yourself. It doesn't just have to continue to be that way because it always was. 
right? And Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Cohen live their life that way. Just because things were a certain way, they don't have to stay that way. That's the message that they send to Am Yisrael. And it's even the pshat, by the way, that they say, Kaved Lev Paro. There's two different languages that are used for Paro's heart. One is Chazak Lev Paro and Kaved Lev Paro. And Rav has a different pshat where he says, what's the difference? He says, Kaved, something that's heavy, it's not strong. Something that's heavy, something that makes it less strong, right? Being rock can be heavy, it's not strong, it's just heavy. Ah, it's hard to move. Ah, Kaved is hard to move. It's, it's feelingless. Kaved Lev Paro means it feels nothing. When does power have to be by Yechazek Lev Paro? Because some of the, the plagues actually get him to feel. He says, you know what? And if he says it, Hashem, Hashem Hashem you're right, and then what happens? Beginning a product to himself. He says, oh, I can't, I can't let it go. And he strengthens himself. But the point being, what's the goal for everybody? Is to make that lave not so kaved. Right? And, the, and the, the Navi says, we want Hashem to do what? To, be, to get rid of the orlas halev, to get rid of that covering of the heart. Right? To take that lev even and turn it into a lev basar. Why? That a person should be able to feel. To feel meaning what? To feel that I, I, can, I can do something else. That's okay, I could do that. I don't have to do things weighed down by what I've always been and what I always do and the way things always have been. No, I could try something different. Oh, it'd be so weird. And so what would people say? And what would, how people look at me? And, and, and how, you know, how I look at myself? And what's my spouse going to say? What are my kids going to say? And, you know, Abby, you're doing that now? Or Mommy, you're doing that? Like, right? It's like, that's so weird. I thought, you didn't, I thought you don't do that. Right? But we like, we get in this place where like, it just is how it is. And the lesson of kind of like every person and every person in this experience of ETS and Strayim is, you don't have to be stuck in where you are. You can always move. I did. I assumed I was talking about someone like way older than you. <laughs> My point is, I know many, many people who make changes in their life. Okay. Yeah. My husband never went to yeshiva. He never studied for more. He enjoyed. By the time he died at eighty-four, five years ago, he had been through shots three times. <laughs> Okay. There are people who make changes all yeah. the time. They can become, maybe they do it at 50, maybe they do it at 60, maybe they do it. And if you go to Boca, look at all the older people who were there going to see you. To learning, yeah. Had time, never had time to yeah. do that when they were younger. Yeah. Either was had to do what they had to do for Tanasa or whatever. But so there are a lot of people who make monumental changes. And they can make really small changes also, yeah. with Moshe, and I'm sorry, I talk too much. You don't talk too much. I think we talked <laughs> with um, Jenny's laughing at me because we had a big discussion about this the other day. But anyway, um, it goes back to the concept of the core. Here's Moshe thinking, you know, he's number two, Aaron's number one, why is he here? All these things, they play out through generations in different forms. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you're totally right. And it's totally true. And I think that everybody, in their own way. But I think we talk so much about the slaves having slave mentality. And they couldn't break out of the slave mentality. It's true. But we all have it. We all have it in some way. In something about ourselves. That we, it's hard. It's hard to do. And again, it could be in small things. It could be in big things. But I think that idea of Moshe was able to change. 
Am Yisrael is able to change. Even Paro had the potential to change if he wanted to. Just didn't grab it. He forced himself not to. So then Shem said, free it off, force you out of there. Do you believe in one God a little bit more? You know, it's, it's, a, it's unclear, yeah, but it sounds like at some at, at moments he at moments he realizes it and he's willing to accept it, but then he can't follow through. It's too, look, power is a whole different story, but it's hard for him also. But I think there's you find this this theme actually throughout the entire story, always the ability of different people and different nations even to be willing to make a change, even though they've been doing things for so long. It's never too late. Okay, thanks everybody.